This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hello everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the TVU Podcast. I'm Dustin and joining me today is BJ and Otto. And today we're kind of doing like a news update. Uh, it's a combination of a bunch of different stuff that uh, has released or been announced over the past couple of weeks. Uh, some of this a little bit further back than others. Um, but we have kind of a mixed bag of different topics of things to talk about, all kind of current events. And we also have a, a special thing that uh, I, I don't know that we would have ever thought that we would have had. But we have an exclusive interview uh, that we're going to have later in the episode with the Carver brothers, who were just the they were the twin brothers who were Penguin's henchmen in the Batman. Uh, Scott was able to talk to them uh, last week, and in the process, he we we have a, we have the interview recorded, so we're going to have that later in the episode. But first, one of the things I'm going to talk about is over. This was at the end of. Uh, April, it was announced that Batwoman, after three seasons, has been canceled at the CW. Now, interestingly, I will say this as a full disclosure to anybody who's listening. None of us here on this podcast have watched Batwoman. I did watch, I want to say, the first... I know I watched the pilot, and I know I watched the Batwoman... Well, the crossover that involved Batwoman, like kind of like the backdoor pilot for Batwoman, um, but that's about it. I, I I told myself I was going to go back and watch the series once it was all released, and I just never did. Um, now that the entire series is released, uh, maybe I will go back and eventually we'll we'll do a recap of the entire series. But uh, let's just say some of the choices that they chose to make in the first season strayed a little bit away from the comics and one of the reasons I was I had any interest in this was because I was thinking oh maybe this will be more true to the comics than Gotham because after Gotham came out and I and and that show was abysmal as far as uh, the the overall quality and the connections to the comics and all of that I was kind of worn out and really hoping for something new and Batwoman was kind of my hope that something good could happen with the Bat characters, the Batman universe, and early on, it didn't really seem like that was going to happen. It seemed like they were taking the same formula that a lot of the Arrowverse shows had and applying it to just a new group of characters that conveniently wore a bat on their chest. Now, that's not to say that there wasn't 
and there hasn't been things that are interesting that have come out of the show. There, there has been some stuff that's been pretty cool. They have done a pretty good job of including a number of characters from the comics, but then there's plenty of characters that they've created just for the sake of the show. Obviously, there was a huge controversy, which we talked about earlier, um, or I should say late last year, we talked about the controversy of Ruby Rose leaving the series and being replaced. And instead of recasting her right away when she left the series, they chose to go a different route and recast um, the, the, the character of Batwoman, but as a completely new character of Ryan Wilder. And regardless of your feelings on that, my immediate take on that was... What's the point of a Batwoman show if you're not using actually Batwoman? It's like saying, let's do a show about Batman with Bruce Wayne, but we're going to replace him with uh, John Doe. It doesn't, it, it, there's no point. You don't have that connection to the source material, and that's why I didn't really care to get back into the show or to pick up the show after uh, Kate Kane was no longer Batwoman just because it wasn't the comic version of the character. That's not to say that um, the actress who played Ryan Wilder, Batwoman did a bad job of, of what I've seen. She did a great, you know, she did a, she did a good job of, of doing what she needed to do. Um, I don't think after the recast, the show was really having a good direction because I don't think that was ever the intent of like the intent was always setting it up to follow Kate Kane. And then after the second season, Jacob Kane, the actor who was playing Jacob Kane, leaving the series just didn't seem like it was it's, it seemed like the writing was on the wall and they didn't have a whole lot of ideas of what exactly to do because they didn't have a lot of source material. The third season, however, did see a lot of Batman universe villains make an appearance in a variety of different episodes, but nothing really popped. They were doing some weird stuff with Poison Ivy where she was supposedly multiple different actresses, um, but that was already done in Gotham and was already very strange there too. So um, needless to say, I'm not super surprised that Batwoman was canceled, but it's more when you dive into the reasonings behind it, um, that's really what's more interesting. It has very little to do with the ratings or a lot of that. And I'll get into that in, in, in a second. But do you guys have any comments on the idea, or not the idea, but the announcement that Batwoman was being canceled? I wasn't surprised when I uh, saw it. Same with um, Legends of Tomorrow that got canceled too. That wasn't much of a shock. The shocker was that Legends of Tomorrow went for seven seasons. Just how uh, that was, I'm still blown away by that. But. I tell that CW is kind of focusing on Flash, however many seasons that has. Um, that's kind of running on its last legs, no pun intended. But um, Superman and Lois is kind of a hit that I like that show. It's pretty good. And Stargirl, I really like Stargirl. So I think that's their focus, those three shows. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not surprised either uh, that, that it was canceled. Um, and I totally agree with BJ. I think the the true miracle is that, you know, Legends of Tomorrow went for seven seasons. But, you know, uh, Batwoman, aside from whatever people might, whatever their feelings might be about the quality of the show itself, and I think there's de- definitely room for, like, genuine debate on, like, how good it is. Um, the show itself, from a production standpoint, seemed to be falling apart. Um, as you just laid out, Dustin, and uh, I think we should also probably mention that. Um, and Dustin, you probably know more about this than than I would. Um, the acquisition—I don't know if like there was a, an acquisition of um, 
or something with Warner Brothers. And, and uh, so a lot of the TV shows are going to be shifted over, I think, to HBO. Is that correct? Yeah, so the 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 gist the gist behind what's going on um there was an article, a really good article on the Hollywood Reporter. We'll have an art we'll have a link to the article in the uh episode description if you guys are interested, but there was a article that came out that said if you're mad about the CW cancellations, blame streaming, but also its unusual corporate structure. Now, Warner Brothers did just go through a massive merger with Discovery, creating a new company, Warner Brothers Discovery, and the company itself, I don't think is the actual to blame. Now, we talked about what to expect with DC Entertainment on the last, or on one of the previous episodes that we did, um, kind of talking about what to expect from this new merger and what will happen with DC and all of that. I don't think a lot of people were assuming that a lot of DC shows were going to be canceled because one of the reasons they've been so successful is that for a while, a lot of these shows have been demanding a lot of money on streaming. Um, Netflix had a deal in place years ago um, that allowed them to basically buy the rights to a lot of CW shows. And the only catch was that if the show was canceled, the show would remain on Netflix for, I think, I think it was two or three years, and then the rights would revert back to the original owner. In the case of the CWDC shows, they would revert back to Warner Brothers. Now, a couple years back, uh, this was before Batwoman, uh, the first season of Batwoman released. This would have been like late 2019. It was revealed that the new sh- the, the the new shows that were coming to the CW that season, they would no longer be made available on Netflix once the season's wrapped. And rather, they would be they would forego the streaming deals that, that were currently in place. And Netflix was paying a boatload of money too to get the rights to these CW shows, and that's one of the reasons why shows were lasting as long as they were because the in a normal world. Shows that have low ratings, they get canceled. That's common knowledge. However, when you have somebody paying uh, a a ridiculous sum of money to have the streaming rights to shows because they're looking for content, the shows get longer life because of that. You know, especially when it's not very expensive to make the shows in general. If you watch, I guess the best way to put this is if you watch early episodes of The Flash, you can see the CG was a little rough, and then at one point, after the Netflix deal happened, the CG kind of got better. You could see that they were spending a little bit more money on the CG. And then over time, it just, you know, it stayed, and it didn't really get better with the times. It didn't get better while while technology got better. It just kind of stayed where it was because they were content with spending that amount of money. Anyway, Netflix, the deal in 2019 was all the new shows, including Batwoman, were now going to no longer be licensed to Netflix. Rather, they were going to be they were going to be wholly staying at their parent their parent company. So, for example, Batwoman would stay with Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers would use it to put on their own streaming service, HBO Max. Now, the CW is a unique network because it's co-owned by not only Warner Brothers but also uh, CBS Studios. Also, Paramount, well, their parent company is Paramount. There's shows that CBS Studios creates for the CW, and then they would own those, and then those shows would end up over on Paramount+. Plus. So 
the idea was instead of licensing these shows out to other providers like Netflix or Amazon or whoever, they would stay in-house and they would allow the the content producers and the distributors to actually have the rights to their shows to keep them on their own their own streaming networks. And in principle, it's a good idea because if the Arrowverse shows Netflix was willing to pay as much money as they were, you you know that Netflix is clearly getting people to watch those shows on their network. Hence, the new shows come out and then people would then be flocking to the new streaming services to watch them as well. However, the larger problem is that the once you don't have that extra money coming in from an outside source because of licensing, then it becomes, is the cost worth the larger the larger um, concern. Um, essentially, if the show's not making enough off of ads while it's on its first run on CW, and then it's not making that extra money in the streaming license, then there's no real reason to keep it around. Now, that said, Legends is an exception because Legends was on Netflix, and it would remain on Netflix as long as they were producing new series or new seasons of the series. So that wouldn't have changed. But the problem is that I think... There was another issue, which in the article, it talks about how Warner Brothers did not want to continue to lease the space up in Vancouver for these shows um, because there was a lot of stuff happening potentially because of the merger. And one of the things that was very costly was renting the space to actually film these shows. And when you put it in comparison to how much money they were making, I think they're cutting their losses because the other problem is, and this is is a very long-winded, obviously, answer. I apologize for that. But... uh, the the CW is in the middle of like a kind of an identity crisis in the sense of for the longest time it was a joint venture between CBS and Warner Brothers and now it's a joint venture still between Warner Brothers Discovery and, and Paramount but it was it was made known last year that the CW is looking for a buyer uh, Warner Brothers is looking to get out of the CW so is is Paramount they're looking to to remove themselves as owners of this network and in turn. Um, they're looking for a buyer. Well, the buyer is going to look for a network that's lean and is not going to cost them a bunch of money. Um, They're going to obviously still license content, but there are certain types of content that is way cheaper than scripted dramas or scripted comedies or whatever. Unscripted content is always going to be cheaper to produce, and there's content that you could license cheaper than it is to actually license original content specifically created for the network. So for example, uh, there's a couple of shows from the European market that were licensed for the summer season here in the United States for the CW. And those did pretty well for, you know, considering they're on in the summer, but it's a lot cheaper to do that because they have a first run somewhere else. And I don't think that Warner Brothers is as concerned about the amount of content that they have on the CW. Uh, obviously, they don't want to like completely rip everything away from the CW because they still want to be able to sell it off. And there is a potential buyer in place, but they also don't they're not making a lot of money off of these shows to begin with. Um, so I think that if they weren't rated very high, it doesn't make the time slot worth it, especially for a potential new owner to sit there and be like, why are we keeping this on? We're not getting any money from these shows streaming. So what's the point of this? So I think that was the main reason as to why this all happened was because CW is looking to sell. And when they sell, they need slots that are making either 
they're they're getting really good ratings, which is one of the reasons why the Flash somehow managed to save itself from the cancellations. Because despite it being around for, it'll be going into its ninth season next year. Despite that show getting a renewal, um, and a lot of people wondering how it's gotten renewals as long as it has, because the quality of the show is nowhere near as what it used to be. That show is still rated very highly amongst all of the shows that they have on the network, so they can keep that show on there. And then the shows that are, you know, cost similar to make but have extremely lower ratings, they can remove those, put in a much cheaper product that could potentially get the exact same ratings. And if that's the case, it's saving the potential new owner some money. So I think that's what they're doing is just trying to like put the lipstick on the pig, as we say, um, for the network and make that network look nice and bright before uh, the new owners come to check it out. So, yeah. And I think also um, just, you know, I think it's great to hear uh, all that and it's very informative, I think for, for myself and for the listeners, but just, you know, as, as a fan hearing that, I think one thing that it makes me think of is that um, and I, I don't mean to sound judgmental towards all the people who enjoy the CW shows, because I know that there is a, a big fan base for that. But I think um, there are certain people like myself, I guess, who are kind of burnt out by some of the, the CW um, shows, specifically the the way they uh, handle um, you know character arcs, writing. There's a sort of... Um, uh, it's there's a sort of homogenous nature to it, and also um, I, I would say also a lack of emotional maturity in terms of how certain storylines are handled. Um, and I think, or I suspect as a fan, that this might lead to better um, superhero-related shows coming from uh, HBO. Uh, at least that's what I hope in the future, because um, I think they can get away from some of the the pitfalls in tone and writing that the the CW has had with their shows. Yeah, if they're more on HBO Max, I I assume that they won't be doing like 22 episode seasons and that's where a lot of the competitive storylines come in when it's, uh will is Barry fast enough again against a, another random speedster and stuff like that. It's funny cuz when I when I watched that show, every episode would start with him saying I'm the fastest man alive and then you find out there's someone faster in yeah. that episode. So the thing is when the CW shows first started Arrow was obviously the first one. Then they had the Flash, Legends of the uh, Legends of Tomorrow, and then Supergirl. Eventually, they had Black Lightning, which was loosely connected, but not connected in the same way that a lot of the other ones were. Um, we eventually had Batwoman. We had uh, Superman and Lois. Um, we have Naomi. Now, out of all of those shows, Arrow ended its run. Um, every other show either ended or has been canceled except for Superman and Lois and the flash. Uh, those are the only two that are still going to be on CW and Stargirl. While it has a new season coming, there's no word on whether or not it'll have another season after that, because that's, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't air this exact same time as all the other shows generally do. So there's, there's the possibility that there could be only a couple of shows left and going from as many as they had, where it was almost like there was a new DC show every day of the week almost at one point, or at least enough to have one every single day, to now that there's only a couple, it shows that there's a very interesting shift. Uh, Superman and Lois, 
I I have not seen any episodes. I've heard really good things about the show, so I you know like I can imagine that show is going to stick around for a while. Um, it, and the fact that it it doesn't necessarily have to be tied down by the connections to all the other shows, it'll be interesting. Now, the other thing that's really interesting is that there's another Batman centric show that actually did get a series pickup, which is that Gotham Night show which is supposed to take place in the future when Batman's not around. And somehow I feel like the show is going to end up getting a name change just because there's a video game coming out, which we're going to talk about as one of our other topics, that literally has the exact same title, and it takes place after Batman's no longer around and focuses on some other characters um, as part of the Bat family. Now, that said... That show's gotten a pickup, and I, in in the larger scheme of things, there's just no way that I'd think that Batwoman would have continued if they were doing the Gotham Night Show. Quite honestly, I didn't think the Gotham Night Show was going to get picked up. I thought ultimately they were going to decide it was too expensive to do, and they were going to pass on it or something like that. Uh, but honestly, I think that in their minds, the idea of a Batman show is is more appealing than anything else. However, it's not Batman, and it's not going to be Batman. So... I'm not. I'm hesitant about the show to begin with because of what I've heard about it. Um, we'll have more as we get closer because the show is coming this fall, and we'll be focusing on it more on the website and things like that as we get closer. But we know that there's a number of villains that have. Uh, you know, we've got Two Face who's going to be in the series. There's other characters that w- that are well known that are going to be in the series, and maybe we'll do in the very near future, we'll do an episode kind of catching up all the information that has been released about that, that, uh, that, that show at this point. But when that show got announced, I kept thinking, how are they going to do that and tie it into the Arrowverse? And you could say, okay, well maybe it wasn't going to be part of the Arrowverse because it's set in the future, except for the fact that Batwoman in to a degree was also set in the future because Bruce Wayne is not around either. So you keep having Batman shows that don't actually have Batman and somehow you expect them to, to somehow make it. Um, Something could happen, and you could get something that uh, actually works. I mean, I'd love to see that. I don't think that's going to happen until we get the Colin Farrell Penguin series on HBO Max or whatever the other series that they're developing for HBO Max for the Batman and Matt Reeves um, universe because I, I just I don't know that it can work unless it's done in a really high-end way, and I don't think they're going to put the money towards something like that on the CW. It's just every time you think they're going to put money towards something – you get like this glimpse of hope, and then the next episode, you're like, "Oh, they're they're never leaving this one set." So, you know, that's just what ends up happening. Yeah, I, I think uh, a, a really smart approach would be to sort of copy a little bit of what Marvel has done with these miniseries that they're doing. Um, and I think ideally, what they would do is like, you know, maybe introduce a Robin or some of the other supporting bad family characters in a movie and then have them spin off in like a six or t- or ten ep- six or eight episode you know miniseries and you can follow their adventures in in Gotham that way and then maybe you can have uh Pattinson show up for one episode or two in, in that miniseries you know just for a brief cameo or something I think that's the way to do it and really build out the the Gotham universe because specifically the the Batman universe uh, on TV because um, while I think you know you can do a, a different TV Batman from the movie Batman, I think the success critically uh, of the, uh, the of the film Batman just kind of I think indicates to me that there's an appetite to see more of that universe. 
And I'm not sure because, you know, I think the concern that um, Warner Brothers has had over the years with not doing a TV show, I know there are some like licensing issues as well. I'm not too well versed in that. But I think the other part of it is they didn't want to dilute the brand of Batman. They didn't want to have uh, like a movie Batman and a TV Batman. And so, you know, I guess if they want to just continue with that, then why not build out the movie universe in a TV miniseries way, the kind of the way Marvel has done? And I hope that that is actually what ends up happening. Because I think that, especially with some of the, it doesn't even have to be just Batman. I mean, obviously, we're all about the Batman universe. But, like, the development of other stuff. I actually really enjoyed the Peacemaker series. And I will say, leaving the Suicide Squad film, Peacemaker, knowing that there was going to be a Peacemaker series, other than just being, a, you know, a general fan of John Cena's work, I was looking forward to it. But I didn't really know what to expect after I left that film. And I think they did a great job doing you know what they did with that series i thought it was really well done and showed that you could do something within the dc universe that expands something as small as a character that i don't think anybody had heard of before promotional stuff started for the suicide squad film and you could do that with a lot of batman villains i mean there's a ton of batman villains that could carry their own series if given the opportunity so and and given way more options to actually develop the character outside of just having them appear in a film for like a brief two and a half hour film. So I think that would be really cool to see. All right. So before we get into our other topic of news, uh, I'm going to pass it over to Scott. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we were given the opportunity to interview Max and Charlie Carver. Uh, they played the uh, twin brothers who were in the the batman film uh they worked as the bouncers i guess um in front of the iceberg lounge and they were not only in the film but they also were on set with robert Pattinson, interacted with him so scott had the opportunity to talk to them so let's throw it over to scott this is scott with the batman universe podcast and today i have the pleasure of speak chatting with um charlie and max carver um, who have appeared in dozens of TV shows and films, including Desperate Housewives, Teen Wolf, um, The Leftovers, and today's topic, The Batman. Um, and <laughs> to start things off, how was your experience on the set of The Batman? Um, what was the shoot like? I mean, it really was was a childhood dream come true to be a part of a project, uh, you know, a, a big action movie of this scale, but especially the Batman. We've been longtime Batman fans. Uh, grew up in the countryside, but I remember making the trip to the movie theater to go see all of the uh, earlier iterations of this story in theaters, had the comic books, had the comic book anthologies, um, never... I wouldn't say never. It was just wish fulfillment. I mean, we were kids in a candy store on set. The amount of detail uh, that went into the production design, the scale of the production design, when you get out of your little courtesy car and and get to step into Gotham, I mean, half your work is done for you. It was surreal getting to see this story get brought to life and and to be a part of it, too. Yeah, I mean, the the back lot of the Warner Brothers set, Leavesden, outside of London, they they practically built four blocks of of Gotham. Like you, you walk on, there's a the overhead train. N- none of that was CGI. There are certainly some VFX things that were miraculously done. I'm, I don't want to dismiss that department, but um, it was a practical set. So it, it was like crossing a threshold. It's almost like when Harry Potter finds out he's a wizard and you're at Hogwarts. Don't laugh, Charlie. It's the truth. It it, it was like that. It was like that. 
So transformative, I guess I would say. Um, when you auditioned, do you guys know you were auditioning for the Batman or was it hidden? No, not, at, not at all. So with, with projects of this caliber, it's usually under wraps with a, a fake title. Um, I believe this one was called Vengeance at the time. And no, the sides titled Warner Brothers project was it? The sides we worked from were were from uh, the French Connection, the nineteen seventies Gene Hackman film, and and we uh, we did a couple scenes from that and sent it off and kind of like okay, you know these these tend to be kind of long drawn out processes where you go callbacks and and maybe do a camera test. I don't know. I didn't know what was going to be involved. We found out, I believe, the morning of Christmas Eve that we had been cast and it was the Batman and we were going to be flying out to London in about six weeks. So it was quite the Christmas present. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, so you do probably had to keep that under wraps for a while. What did you guys do when you found out you were both cast? Um, I mean, we did, we kept it under wraps as best we could, which was, we, we did a pretty good job. Uh, I don't think very many people knew we were even late to tell our mom just in case she got excited and ran to the <laughs> local paper. Uh, and part of the fun of it was like, you know, you don't know if you're going to make the final cut. We certainly hoped we would. Um, but the thrill, like imagining a future where some of our old friends who were scattered across the country who, who, who weren't aware in advance going into the, into the cinema and, and seeing us pop up in, in this world. Uh, it was just, that's, I think part of what, uh, motivated our secret keeping it was like, mm, it's going to be such a good surprise. Yeah. Um, now that we've heard news of HBO max spinoff shows and a sequel forthcoming, um, have you heard any buzz about the twins returning to Gotham in any capacity? Well, I wish I wish we could speak to that. Um, I will say that what I am excited about with Matt at the helm is he is so well versed in this mythology, and you to have a kind of a, a Matt Reeves universe or a Matt Reeves take on the entire world of the Batman. I think we saw it in the film. There's so much to explore. Uh, it's, I believe even Bloodhaven is mentioned and. I'm just I'm just thrilled for as a fan of of the comics and a fan of the series um and and on behalf of fans everywhere I'm just stoked for you guys. <laughs> I'm like dude you guys you guys won the lottery man. I can't wait. I'm so stoked for everyone who's been a fan of Batman. Um but I can't I can't speak to any of the other stuff cuz I was I was told I can't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, it looks like that's all the time I have. Well, thank you guys for chatting with me. And it was a real pleasure. And, you know, look forward to seeing what comes next. So yeah. am and I. In the meantime, DVD comes out May 24th. Wrong. Blu-ray. Blu-ray, yeah. son. 4K course, HD Ultra. You want that cinematic <laughs> experience at home? Bam. You just got it. All right, so hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. Um, it was a unique opportunity for us to have. Uh, hopefully we'll have some more stuff like that in the future. Um, if there's, I guess, somebody you guys would love to hear us interview, let us know. Uh, we can't always promise that we're going to be able to interview any every person that you're going to suggest, but uh, we can definitely see if we can try. Um, in the meantime, there are plenty of other things that uh, we need to discuss because there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the world of Batman. Another thing that uh, just released actually last week that we briefly mentioned on the last episode, knowing that it was going to come out, was there was an announcement that something was going to release 
released last Tuesday uh, from Gotham Knights, the, the new video game, and they ended up releasing a 13 and a half minute gameplay walkthrough featuring Nightwing and Red Hood. Uh, focusing on some of the game mechanics, focusing on some of the storyline elements. Uh, they showed off the Belfry, which is going to be the op- the base of operations for the, the team. Uh, there's a couple of things that, as a, as a former gamer, I will say, because while I have a PlayStation 5, I can barely find the time to ever play it. I just, I just don't, unfortunately, have the time to play. Um, I wish I did. Uh, if when this game comes out, I would definitely be interested in playing because the last game that I played pretty far through, but never got to a hundred percent, was Gotham or uh, Batman: Arkham Knight, and that was specifically just because I got I got tired of trying to do some of those riddles and trying to figure out every single one. But the other, the previous Arkham Arkham games, I did get one hundred percent, and I absolutely loved them. And I'm I'm looking forward to this game because I know to a degree it's going to be not the same, but very similar where it's Bat family characters and there's going to be villains. We know the Court of Owls is going to be playing, be, they're going to be playing a very big role in the game itself. Um, there's going to be some mysteries to uncover. So I'm looking forward to this game and I'm looking forward to playing it. Uh, a couple of the big announcements that came out outside of the the video that we'll talk about here in a second is the game is only coming out for next-gen consoles and PC, which means it will only be available on the latest Xbox and the latest PlayStation, as well as PC. It was previously coming out on the PlayStation 4 and the previous Xbox, but they have decided they're going to focus solely on the next-gen consoles just because by the time the game comes out in October, it'll have been almost two years since the next-gen consoles have actually released. That way they can spend a little bit more time on the actual game and less on trying to make sure that it works on the older systems. So unfortunately, if you have one of the older systems, you're going to have to end up picking up one of the new consoles in order to play it or play it on PC. Um So that was one of the first things. Another thing that they said was uh, there was some hope. Uh, I I would say rumor, but I don't even know if it was an actual rumor. There was some hope that potentially because there is four playable characters, there would be the opportunity to have all four played at the same time. So you could have four people playing and you could have each one pick a member of the Bat family. Turns out that is not happening and it's specifically because even in what it appears at least from the gameplay walkthrough is that the even in the situations where you are working alongside somebody you'll only ever have two of you together at one time um they specifically said that there is not going to be any four-player co-op um they're they're doing two-player co-op and that's what they're focusing on the one thing that's kind of left up in the air as far as whether or not it's going to happen is whether or not there's going to be cross-platform or playable or co-op players, co-op playable uh, over the internet. Because I don't think that's been determined uh, yes or no. I know that they've said you can play with a friend, but they have not said whether or not you have to play locally or you're going to be able to actually play over the network. Um I have a hard time believing it's going to be network playable just because there's not very many games that you can only that you can only have two players and play over the network. So I I'm, I'm having some doubt on that. Um, but then that obviously also leads if you're only going to be able to play with two players, what would really be the point of making sure that it could be cross-platform if you are able to play over the network? So 
there's some doubt there, as you can probably tell by the tone of what I'm saying. I'm kind of disappointed by some of that because I was hoping to play with, you know, not just one person but three other people, and we all pick a member of the Bat Family and go protect Gotham and take down, you know, we we we, we enact vengeance across uh, Gotham City, as they say. So I was really hoping for some of that. Um, that's not going to turn me away from the game completely. Because there is plenty of other things, and as long as the story itself is really good, that's what really sucks me into games anyway, because I don't really have the time to play casually multiplayer online games to begin with. So the story is really what would drive me to want to play on a regular basis to begin with until, of course, I finish the story. So dealing with the gameplay uh, video that released, um, there there was a couple of things that I think some people were kind of happy about. And some people were kind of concerned about. One of the things that I saw people, some people concerned about is that, uh, and it was funny because as I was watching the video in preparation for this, I caught a comment that the game director made that I saw in a tweet, and I thought the tweet was just a, a remark on it. But they were making a comment about how Nightwing was ping-ponging around. And the game director actually said, Nightwing is very acrobatic, and he ping-pongs around. And I thought to myself, that's that's a weird way of very... That's a very strange way of putting it. So that was one of the concerns. Another one was that, uh, conveniently, there, Red Hood has some mystical powers that allows him to um, float. So uh, what do we think about some of those things, as well as any other things that you think were controversial from the video? Yeah, the Red Hood thing, I mean, that's going to be the goofiest thing like I've ever seen. Uh, he's got these mystical powers, but it only helps him to jump on the souls to go long distance, but in no other situation will it help him. But I don't know, it's very, that's the goofy thing. Even Nightwing's little... um flying trapeze jetpack thing is a little goofy i mean and they just give him the wings like he had in the animated series and he can fight a claw across like batman did in the arkham games that would make sense because he's night wing but i get why they kind of have to give him like long traversal things like i don't know just have him grapple like even in there was one clip of red hood he grappled up a few buildings and then he was good why not just grapple like he's spider-man or batman or any other character we see in the comics and movies and animated shows. The one thing I will say about the grapple is that I, I feel like they came to the conclusion that there had to be some sort of way for each of them to be different when it came to like just traveling throughout the city. They made a comment during one part where like all of the characters will be able to use the bat cycle to travel along the roads and things like that. But then later in the, in the, the, uh, the video, they showed the massive, uh, jet pack thing that I thought that, man, that thing is way too big. That Nightwing was using, they said it was called like fast travel. It was, it was meant to get characters to a specific place very quickly. And I thought, okay, I mean, I guess that makes sense. If you look at it, like, um, in Arkham or no, no, it was Arkham City. There was a point where this was obviously before they had the um, the Batmobile as a usable thing. You did use the Batmobile to like move from one place to another very quickly. So I thought, okay, that's fine. But the idea of them just not grappling doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't understand why Red Hood has to like bounce around on his mystic you know on his mystical you know soul patch thing that pops up off the ground um i don't understand why nightwing has to use that trapeze jetpack thing i, I don't understand that um 
just make them grapple. I mean, I understand to a degree why they did it. I just don't agree with it. I don't agree with the fact that they all have to have a different way of getting around the city other than just having different bat cycles. It just, you know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Can't wait to see what they, uh, what they have for Robin and Batgirl. I can only, I can, my imagination will run wild on that. For, uh, for Batgirl, she'll probably travel through the internet or something. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, she's got she's got you know the what is it the uh i don't know i can't remember the name of it because i'm not super huge fan but the uh the the device that star trek uses where they're like particle and then they teleport up yeah the beam yeah they beam her over to wherever she needs to go as her like fast travel mode and then robin maybe he actually rides a giant robin a giant bird I'm I'm still I mean I watched the video I'm still um, I'm still interested in playing the game um, but I, as you know just with Dustin I'm someone who typically doesn't have a lot of time I, I was just on the server on the Discord server a few months ago talking about how I'm finally playing Arkham Knight for the first time and this is in like 2021 um, so I'll probably you know buy this game when it's on like 50% off or something like that. Um, but there, there are some things that I, I, I was a bit concerned about. Um, obviously, the stuff that you all mentioned, the the unique stuff, and I think that ties into the the really um, extreme focus that this game has had on marketing cosmetics early on. And I think that is a sort of a reflection of the, their need to sort of differentiate all the characters, you know, um, move sets or power sets that in that way when it's not really necessary. Honestly, but the other thing I was I was worried about with with Nightwing fighting wasn't so much him, you know, moving around that much because I think in the free flow Arkham games as well, Batman is able to move somewhat athletically as well. Um, There was one, there's one scene in in the first fight where like he kicks someone off a building and the guy just screams and he just falls. And it it seems like he's falling from a height. And you know, the way the Spider-Man games worked around this was that, when you hit someone off a building, there's an effect where Spider-Man like webs them to the wall. Yeah. So it's not like they're falling to their death. Um, but I didn't see any sort of compensation for that in this game. And it's going to be kind of weird if the Bat family is just going around killing people because the guy is screaming like as he's falling. So it's not Flying like trapeze comes and catches them before he hits the ground. <laughs> Or at least that's it's what nice. they say. They just decide to not put the animation in the game. Yeah. Yeah, and but the and that's the thing, right? Like it's not like they didn't think about the guy falling because there is a sound effect of him falling. Yeah. And it didn't it worries me that they didn't clue in like, hey, we gotta make sure that this guy is not dead kind of thing. Um but the other thing that I was sort of, you know, thinking about as of watching the video, um, what is this game's identity? Um, and what I mean by that is with the Arkham games, there was a very clear identity. It was an open world game where, you know, there was that one t- marketing tagline, be the Batman. And I think that was the big appeal. And you really did feel that way. There was detectives uh, aspect to it. There was the combat aspect. And as you said, story is king. Like the story of all those games is what made it such a success. The story and, you know, married to that, that great gameplay. And that's what made it so successful. With this game, they're switching up the gameplay a bit. And I wonder, is it going to be more like that um, Square Enix Marvel game that was very, you know, negatively received? Or is it going to be kind of like those popular Assassin's Creed games like Odyssey and Origins, the, the newer ones? And I hope it's more like those Assassin's Creed games in terms of gameplay and story and, and that whole open world element. Uh, but I guess we just have to, to wait and see. Um, 
they haven't really given us much with regard to story. And I think a lot of people are sort of predicting that, you know, the obvious end game is that, you know, Batman comes back somehow. Um, so I'll be really interested to see how they, uh, how that all plays out. You know, it's interesting that you said some of those things because so I, so originally the game, the video released and I watched it and I'm really disconnected to games in general because I just don't have any time. Like the last game that I physically played was Call of Duty uh, Cold War, which was a while ago. And then, and, and I didn't even play that much. I just, I, I, you know, like I just don't have time. But anyway, however, I do have a son who is going to be 12 years old and he is extremely dialed into the game world and plays games all the time and finds weird games that I would never even think about making a point to play, but he plays them and things like that. And he sat down with me and watched it and he was watching. And one of the things that he immediately said was he made some comments that are very interesting because they kind of correlate to some of the stuff you said about the Nightwing ping ponging. He said, I said to him about how people were having problems with that. And he said, well, that's not that big of a deal because Batman could do the exact same thing in the Arkham games. And I was like, you're absolutely right. He could. And it was sometimes you, he was like leaping across an entire room to like get that, that combo, uh, you know, the, the, just keep the, the hit combo going and as long as you were at least in the direction of the person, it could be completely clear across the other room and you'd still jump and leap and hit them. Um, but the one thing he did say was as that fight was taking place with Red Hood and Nightwing in the beginning, he said, this kind of looks like that Avengers game, which is the Square Enix game that you were referring to. And he, I was like, in a good way or a bad way? Because I don't, I, I know I know the game was not well received, but I was just thinking like, what's his meaning for this? And he's like, in a bad way. And I was like, oof, that's not good. And then the the character getting thrown off the side of the building, we both saw that while we were watching it and I, and I didn't say anything cause I kind of wanted to hear his take on it. And he was like, did that guy just get thrown off a building? I was like, Oh no, they're making the bad family murderers. And, uh, yeah. So it'll be the one thing I will say, and I say this, but it, this doesn't always make a difference is that obviously when they show us these gameplay footages, they specifically always say at the beginning, like this is in progress. It's not final. And I would hope that there is something where the Bat family are not becoming murderers. Um, some of the stuff that I did see that I really did like, uh, when they showed the Talon Gladiator, that looked amazing. Um, anything with the court looks really good. You can tell that they're putting a lot of time and detail into the sets that the characters are appearing in, things like that. Um, one thing that I was really interested to see, they, they were showing the Belfry and they showed the back computer and it just seemed like the same thing as what Batman had for like the little computer that was like the pause menu that you could then select where you would go place a place marker. That really wasn't any different. But the one thing that I did like was that while we were watching the video, I my son said to me, he's like, you know, I don't know if this is really like Arkham because of that. And then when Nightwing gets into the 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 Powers Lounge or Club or whatever it is, and he's like perched on the balcony and he's, he sees two court members down below, he kind of pounces on one. And I immediately go, man, if only he had the detective mode that Batman had, he would be able to see how many other bad guys are in the room because I always use that feature. You know, that's the easiest way to know how many guys you have to take out. 
or whether or not you actually need to be stealthy or you can do something that's going to be loud because it doesn't matter because it's the last guy you've got to take out. And they didn't use anything until after he had already taken anything out. And there was a mode, and I can't remember, they didn't call it detective mode, they called it something, but it was like there was blood marks and he saw the trace that there was the mechanism. So there is some sort of element that's very similar to detective mode from the Arkham games, but I don't know that it's going to work the same way. And I think as fans of the Arkham games come to expect from these games, whether or not this is a sequel to the Arkham games, it's from a different, you know, it's from a different developer than the Arkham games. It's not from Rocksteady. I think there's going to be some comparison no matter what. And I hope that a lot of the stuff that fans really, really liked from the Arkham games, they figured out a way to make sure it's there, even if they don't call it the same, even if they do it differently. I really hope some of the features that fans of the Arkham games came to really appreciate are in the game itself. Um, kind of random but, uh, about like the design. Like I'm very excited about the game. Don't get me wrong, but just um, how did you guys think about Jason uh, Todd and um, Red Hoodie? He's like six seven, an absolute beast. Looks like he's Rob Gronkowski. Like, like my God, how this guy should be playing in the NFL, not beating up criminals and jumping on souls. <laughs> no joke. When he when he showed up standing in front of the back cowl, I I immediately turned to my son. I go, he is a beast. He is big. And I was like, I understand that like Dick Grayson is supposed to be lean and trim and you know that's that's what he is because he's supposed to be like an acrobat. That's fine. But holy cow is Jason Todd freaking jacked. Like my son was more obsessed about his face and he was like, What he doesn't look anything like Jason Todd. I was like, No, they kinda pulled the red hair because he's been known to have red hair. He's got the little gray patch, you know, the scar is a little bit over the top, but I'm fine with it because they could just chalk it up to, you know, he died. So whatever. But like, yeah, he is, he's a brute. Uh, and I might end up playing as him because I typically like guys who are just like bulky. He doesn't even need, why does he need those guns? That's he's true. Freaking, just got guns he just, yeah, <laughs> he can literally just plow through them. You know, so when I, when we first see him, he's in his, um, in the video, he's in his costume, right? And so when I first saw him, that was my first thought. Oh, he looks really big. But then I thought, okay, maybe it's just the armor. He's wearing his costume. It's just the armor. And then we see him, like, outside of his costume in that scene. And my thought was exactly what you all are thinking. I was like, this guy looks like a defensive end in the NFL or something like that. And I thought it was was, was strange. Just, like, you know, you're talking about his face. Facially, he actually looks older than Dick Grayson, I thought, which was a, a very interesting choice. I don't think he's ever Jason Todd in any medium comics or or games or tv whatever i don't think he's ever been sort of drawn visually as that much bigger and looking older than um dick grayson which i mean that's something new uh and and it's funny you mentioned you know the guns on his arm i was going to mention the so there's these special moves that all the characters have in, in the game and you know one of the special sort of moves for jason is using those the guns that he has and they're supposedly like non-lethal rounds or whatever i noticed that the visual effects of him using the guns were less pronounced than him actually just using his fists so you might be right that it might be easier for him to just you know use his fist and and just pummel thugs instead of using the gun there's a funny scene there was a funny spot in i think it was the second fight scene the one that takes place down on the street 
he takes the gun and he like throws it at somebody's head. I thought that was hilarious. So I was like, instead of a batarang, he just chucks his gun at his head. And but, in the in the in the, uh, in the chase scene, he he kicks the so he's going after this van on on a cycle. So he jumps off the the cycle, gets in the van, gets the the henchman out of the van. And he's in control of the van. He can just hit the brakes, but he decides to like crash it in the most spectacular way possible. It's very, very funny. All right. Well, either way, it'll still be interesting to see. We've still got some time, obviously, before the game actually releases. And when it does, we'll be talking about it. I'm sure we'll be talking about it more before it actually does release because there's bound to be a gameplay walkthrough um, showcasing Batgirl and Tim Drake. And for those few people out there that really appreciated that... Uh, that shipper from Arkham Knight, maybe they'll, maybe they'll, you know, get their, they'll, they'll get a, uh, a no, nah, I don't even want to go there. I'm just going to leave it alone because I think that was a dumb shipper. Um, anyway, that said, that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed our discussion on, uh, Batwoman and the Gotham Knights and, uh, enjoyed our exclusive interview that uh, Scott was able to put together. Um, that all being said, be sure to check out our website, thebatmanuniverse.net, for all kinds of news and original content and other podcasts related to movies, TV, merchandise, video games, comics, and everything else related to the Bat fandom. Also, be sure to check out uh, us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. We have a Discord. We're on YouTube, obviously. Um, you can find links to all of our social channels over on the website. Um, at the top of the page. In addition to that, if you have an idea for a specific article, or if you have an idea for a specific episode that you'd like us to do, uh, be sure to shoot us an email or leave at tbu at net, or you can leave a comment wherever you are listening to this podcast, and we will consider that for a future episode. Um, we do, I do want to get to our Riddler. Uh, the animated Riddlers here in the next couple of weeks, so hopefully we'll be doing that. And then we've got... Um, a couple of other things that we've got planned as well. So, um, and if I guess I'll throw this out there, if you are someone who has a Batman channel somewhere else, uh, you either have a podcast or a YouTube channel or something like that, and you want to do a collab, uh, we're all for having all kinds of different topics to discuss. There's all kinds of different facets of Batman, and we'd love to have you guys uh, join us on the TVU podcast to discuss your specialty that you like of the Batman universe. Um, outside of that, um, if you are interested in supporting the podcast, there's a bunch of different ways you can do it, as well as supporting the website. Be sure to check out our website. There is a spot called Support TBU. Uh, you can become a Patreon supporter. There's also affiliate links that you can use, and there's also a bunch of other things that you could do that could help support the podcast as well. With all of that being said, for BJ Ottle and myself, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the TBU Podcast. We will see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.